Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you again for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. Uh, this is Paul, and I'm excited to uh, be bringing you episode 45. Uh, we are nearing the end. 52 episodes at this one, uh, episode 45. And as promised last week, last week was the last bio... Um, uh, biographical episode that I was going to do. And so this week I'm going to jump into a question that uh, was put to me by uh, none other than my wife um, on uh, the uh, website about possible talk topics, um, which is why, how do you avoid worrying or what, what, how can you keep from worrying? Um, or what, what, what is, what is worry? Um, and so I'm going to do my, do with my best to answer that question, but I also realize that, um, I am coming from a point of, um, not having it all figured out, uh, but just kind of my thoughts, uh, of, of what it means and what, what Jesus, why Jesus talks about worry and, and what that means for us and, and what does it mean for us today. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, so if you're a chronic worrier, um, anxiety, stress, um, those things, the future gets you, uh, then hopefully you'll find some encouragement in this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, if you want to connect, uh, you can always find me on Facebook at Facebook, um, dot com forward slash the unbroken ground uh i am on instagram um i'm on a little bit on threads although not much uh and so excited about that so um you can also email me at the unbroken ground at gmail.com uh thanks for uh listening and uh let's jump in i think one of the things that uh, i like to remind myself when i think about worry is that we are in good company in some ways because Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount actually talks about worry. Uh, and he uses this example of the birds and the flowers. And he's like, the birds um, don't worry about what they're, they're going to eat. Uh, and yet they, you can buy a sparrow for like, or five sparrows for a penny. Um, the, the flowers don't worry about what they're going to wear, yet they are uh, dressed more splendid than any king or queen that there has ever been. Uh, and then he kind of concludes it with his, which would have been a humorous statement um, uh, for the, his hearers, but, and, and for us too, he's like, why, why worry about tomorrow? Because today has enough worry as it is. And there, there very, there's very much a human condition um, that exists within us uh, that, that makes us, um, be warriors. Uh, we, and I think that it has not gotten better over the years. I think it's actually gotten worse. And I think one of the reasons that is, is that we have as modern day Christians, uh, as modern day people have taken control of so much of what used to be uh, both seasonal and and out of our control, uh, we we we've taken dominion over so many things, and this is what I mean by that. You know, we used to um, we used to only be able to um, basically preserve food by 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 smoking it or by putting it in salt um we didn't have refrigeration uh we you know there was no 
uh, year-round um, production of fruits and vegetables. Uh, you 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 grew during the season that they would grow, and then you waited, uh, and then you harvested that, and then you waited until the next season was ready to grow. We didn't have uh, that 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 is something that in our uh, just in the last couple of generations even that we've created this this control over just our food supply, even uh, just our um, even even things like the ability to uh, to work at night. Uh, you know, we think about the idea that electricity, um, light, having that. You know, you can uh, farmers can turn on their the lights on their big combines and they can drive at night if they want to. Um, we can we don't have to go to bed when the when a, when the sun goes down because we can turn on our lights and and still see just as good and and still. And still work, and still have things going on, and so um, what we've what what that really has done is it's kind of broken, I think, a cycle, um, a natural cycle that the world has, uh, and that even that that there was kind of even this intention that um, that that kind of woven into the world was this dependence upon God that you you waited on Him, um, so uh, you. You depended upon, you prayed, you did all you could for your crops, but you, but you, but you knew that it was God who would bring the rain, and and uh, and it, it would be some of those conditions that that you you waited, um, that that you relied on God for to be able to produce crops. Um, you can only work so long. Uh, I mean, they had lamps, but but you know it was costly and and it was not great. Uh, even to work by candlelight or by by lamps, and so you just you just didn't do that. Very often, you might do that every now and then, uh, but you would, as Jesus would say, you worked while the, there were still hours in the day uh, when the light was still out. You didn't work when it became dark, um, and and there's a rhythm that's that's built into that um, that I think our modern world has just run roughshod over and destroyed, um, and that and that rhythm is is one of the things that we struggle with because we um, see that we could have more and we get used to the level of what we have and and we still want more and and I think that in a lot of ways is the root of the worry that we have in our lives is the fact that um, we we could always see the possibility of more and, and so when uh, Paul talks about this idea of contentment, um, I've been content, you know, and, 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 you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's talking about this idea of contentment. I, he says, I, I, I've found the secret to commitment to not commitment to contentment when I had much and when I had little. And, and if you if you read through Paul's life, you see that he spent um, time in shipwrecks, he spent times destitute, and, and also he spent times when he was he lived um, well and, and had plenty and was and, the, and it was bountiful. Um, but our world, um, the, the, the society, the way the, the advances that we've made, um, we've really pushed back against any kind of um, just any kind of rhythm that 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 says sometimes you have much and sometimes you have little instead we've we've pushed to this idea that we should always have more 
And and I think that and in that we are the sole um, creators of that situation. And so if you want, so so we would generally say, uh, if you want more, then you know what you have to do. You've got to work harder. You've got to get a better job. You've got to get a better education. You've got to put in more hours. You've got to get two jobs. You've got to get, if you, if you really want more, if you really want enough, whatever that might mean, then you, you have to work for it. And that really is the the ethos of our, our culture. Our culture is like, there is no cycle of that sometimes you'll have more and, and, and seasons where you'll have less and seasons where you'll have more. There is no seasons to to what you can possess because we are the, the kings and the queens of our own domains. And we uh, if we want to eat uh, fruit year round, we shall because we will grow it in a greenhouse. We don't have to wait for the ground to be ready. We don't have to wait for the trees to go through their cycle of producing fruit and then dropping all of their leaves and dying uh, and, and, and going dormant and then and then coming back to life and, and this, this cycle that, that the world is built around, that the nature is built around. We don't have to wait on that because we can we can simulate it. We can we can create some kind of approximation of it. And I think for a big portion of that um, we, we begin to, um, have kind of this anxiety about having enough or having more, uh, because we, we place a lot of, we take, I guess we take for granted that the stuff that we have and because we, we don't connect because we don't we don't rely on the on the, the natural rhythm and the rhythms of the world and the seasons and and, de- and depend upon uh, we don't leave anything up to 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 um, to just nature we we force all these things we make all these things happen we control all these things um, we begin to take for granted the the baseline of things that we have and then we also begin to think well I should have more why don't I have more and and then um the same worry that that has existed from all probably since the garden where we were like do i have enough Uh, i mean and that i mean that's what adam and and eve were 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 struggling with right like like the snake the serpent the 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 tempter came to eve and said you don't have everything you could have. You're you're missing out. Um, if you if you eat the fruit of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like God, and God is keeping something from you. And that was the lie. That was the lie. The lie was that that we had we didn't have enough. That we didn't have everything that we could have. That we weren't being provided for. That we weren't. That that was the lie. The lie was that we should be like God. That we were not separate. That we were that we were meant to depend upon a Creator, a, a, a sovereign Lord. And and so even in the garden, there was this idea that we didn't have all that we could have. We were missing something. 
And I think that's very much true of the very culture, especially in America, the very culture that says that we don't have all that we have, or it's not going to work out, or, or we're not happy all the time, or we're not happy enough, or we don't have enough money, or, or we, we worry about affording the things that we need to afford, and, and, and what are we going to do, we, 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 how are we going to take care of the, the, the problems that come up in the future, and how are we going to pay for those things, and how are we going to afford those things, and how are we going to live? And, and, and we, without even realizing it, have basically placed ourselves upon the throne of our lives and we've we've stopped depending upon the savior the father the god who gives good gifts and takes care of us and and have assumed that role of provider of provision because we've got it i mean you know i think about um how hard it is I, I am not a gifts type of person. Like I don't, I don't necessarily get joy from receiving a gift or or get joy from giving a gift. I mean, you know, it's there, but it's not my love language. Um, and I think about the idea of trying to buy Christmas presents or birthday presents for adult type of people, um, because myself, if there's something I need and I can afford it um, and I need it, then I just go buy it. I mean, I'll go to Walmart and buy my own stuff. I don't. I don't have to wait, right, for for a, a birthday or a Christmas time to roll around, um, and that and so that just makes it hard because then when those times do roll around, it's like, well, what do you want? And you have to think of something that you haven't already just gone and gotten. Um, and I think that that same kind of concept exists with our relationship with God. Like, we take for granted what we have. We take credit. For what we have, we take credit for the way our lives are going. The the we 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 own the good things and and we curse the bad things or the things that we feel like are not going our way. Uh, but we 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 don't truly rely upon God, and so we we what what happens then is that instead of seeing how God um, provides for us in all the small ways that He does. Uh, we we kind of push the the questions or the the request for help only to those things that we can't do for ourselves. When do we pray hardest? When when we find out that someone we love has cancer and there's nothing we can do about it. When we when we find out that um, we are, are losing our jobs and there's nothing we can do about it. When we when we find out that um, you know uh, we're going through relationship struggles and we've done all we can and so we we're like God you you have to step in at the most extreme things and only at the extreme things do we do we tend to invite God in and and we miss out on so many of the blessings that He provides because we uh, we 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 falsely or incorrectly assume that the things that we have are, are a result of, of what we've done, which in part they are. And this is going to get into an argument that, uh, you know, <laughs> that some people make, but, but 
you know, we build upon the blessings. We may do things, but we only are able to do things because God has provided us with the skills, the talents, the blessings, the opportunities, the chances, the, 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 the energy, the breath to do those things. But we, we don't, like, we just assume that we, we have those things. We deserve those things, those things. And so we just continue to push further and further out because we just say, well, we have those things. Why, what, what, what does that matter? Um, what, like we, we get, we get those things regardless, whether we're thankful or not, whether we, we, we get to wake up, whether we're thankful or not, God, God is so gracious that he gives us these things, whether we ask for them or not. So that we push only the biggest and hardest things out, outsource those to God. And, and so a lot of times we build our faith not on how God has provided so well for us in the small things and the little things. And thus we, we, we build that trust, that, that, that layer of dependence upon him in, in the smallest of things. And instead we, we wait until we need the biggest of things. Um, and a lot of times we lose a lot of our our faith and trust in that because we don't we haven't built the foundation of believing God for the smallest of things and and recognizing God has provided the smallest of things for us and so there's two things I think that will help battle the 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 um, the scourge of worry the the problems of worry in our lives. Um, and, and, and this, again, I'm preaching a sermon to my own heart here today. Um, obviously not, not coming from a place of, well, I've got this all figured out, but here's the two things. The first thing is this, it's, it's, it's found in, um, and this is me reclaiming a kind of an, uh, a, a funny, um, story or experience in my life, but, um, there's a prayer in first Chronicles Four, verse ten, chapter four, verse ten, First Chronicles four, chapter verse ten, and it says this: It says Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, "Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory! Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain." And God granted his request. So when I was, and I've talked a little bit about this in the past, I believe, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it just fits so well here. So when I was in college. In in the conservative Christian circles, the the South particularly, very very strongly, um, there the the prayer of Jabez book broke in and became a household phenomenon. The people, churches were doing it's kind of like a purpose driven life. It was the the it was all the churches were were getting behind it. They were uh, there was I I myself went to a simulcast so that I could hear teaching on the prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Jabez and the way that they were teaching it, I think was wrong. Um, but you know, I'm not, I, I guess I'm passing judgment on, I, and this is why, um, this is what I don't, what I didn't like about it is it was, it was almost, it was not almost, it was taught as a way to get things from God. It was taught as a seek, as like a, um, if you say these magic words, then then God has to answer your prayer. And so rather than just being a, a prayer that we could say um, that helps us see what God is already doing, 
it put us back in the driver's seat. God, would you bless me? And would you enlarge my territory? And would you keep me from pain? And it was, it was, I mean, people wrote, this guy wrote this book about it. He sold simulcast about it. It was everywhere. People were um, calling in to radio stations and winning tickets to concerts and going, I prayed the prayer Jabez over this. I mean, I heard that specifically and I was just like, oh boy. Um, and, and, um, and the guy that wrote the book, he was, I, I, I said, I, I was a pastor, uh, I was a youth minister at this church and the pastor who was my friend was like, Hey, I got you this ticket. We're going to go to the simulcast. And we're going to go watch, the, uh, this guy preach on or teach on his book. Um, so, so we did. Um, and the thing that struck me and it still strikes me to this day, um, is there was, he was the guy who wrote the book was telling a story, and he was like, "This lady came up to him and says, says, man, I've been praying the prayer of JPS and it just doesn't work.'" And so he said, "Oh, well, then tell me how you're praying it." And she did, and he 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 said this, and I just want to say, please don't say this to people, <laughs> don't ever say this to people. But this is what he said. He said, "I listened to her pray, and then I told her, you're boring God.'" <laughs> You're a boring God. That's why, that's why you're not seeing the prayer of Jabez answered. And, and the truth is, the truth is, as I believe it, um, is that it's not a magical prayer. It's, it's not a magical prayer. Um, it, you, you, you can't say these words and then go, all right, God, balls in your court, show up. Um, because that's not the way, that's not the way prayer with God works. That's not the way, like, uh, when when Jesus was asked how to pray and he taught his disciples, what Jesus said was basically, God, I've come to you. I, you're God. I'm going to depend upon you. Help me stay away from sin. May uh, may your name be blessed. May may help me live a good... good. It was requests that, that were not demands. Even give us, give me this day, this daily bread is not a demand, but rather a request that says, "Hey, you and I both know that I need sustenance for today. God, give me enough for today, and, th- and that's it. I want, I want enough for today. If, if, if there's way, and, and let, let me have that." It wasn't a demand as much as a recognition that I am dependent upon God in a season, in one of the cycles of my life, which is if I don't eat, eventually I'll starve to death. And so, so one of the rhythms of my life is I need food and, and who do I depend upon that sustenance for? I depend upon God, not, not myself, not, I mean, and again, this is not, uh, not, I'm not counter saying this and saying, oh, well, just pray and, and just just watch God show up. Sometimes he does. I mean, that, that, that happens. But that's not, that's not the thing either. We pray and then we live. And we try to hold those things in, in um, total connection with each other, balancing those things out. We pray and we live. We pray that God will do things in our lives and we do what we can given what God has given us, the power that he has given us the strength that he's given us. We pray and we live, and and we don't, um, we don't, we we try to figure out that balance of how do we live in such a way that's that's submissive to God and His rhythms, 
Um, but also the in t- using the, the gifts, talents, energy, power, things that he's given us to, to live. And it's a balance, and it's finding that balance. But but the prayer of Jabez was not is not a, a magical prayer that if you just say it, you'll get whatever you want. There is no such thing. There is no magical phrase, no magical prayer that you could say. And so I, I, I listened to that, and I just, at that point, I was like, I am done with that. Um, because I, I'm not going to listen... I'm not going to listen to a guy talk about a prayer who then explained to some lady the reason that she wasn't seeing her prayers answered is because she was boring God. God is so much bigger and more gracious and more loving. If you are praying to him, he's hearing you. He is listening. It doesn't mean he has to answer your prayer. It doesn't mean he has to say yes to the prayer. Here's, here's what I think, though, the reclamation, and I, I think I've said this before, and I just want to I just want to continue to say it, because I think it's something we miss out on so much, and I, in my own life, what, what Jabez says is, is two things. He says, Lord, bless me, three things, really, but Lord, bless me and enlarge my territory. Lord, bless me and enlarge my territory. And, and here's the truth. Here's the, the spiritual truth that I think that exists, is that if you have the Spirit of God living in you, He is blessing you daily, and He is working to enlarge your influence and territory every day. And so the piece that we miss, the thing that we miss, is that when we aren't asking, and we're just receiving, then we miss out on seeing God move. Let me say that again, because I think it's so important. God blesses us regardless, because he knows what we need before we ask. That's what Jesus says. He says, when you go to your father, the father doesn't, the father's not um, unaware of your needs. Like he's, he's like a prayer that you seen, you send up to God. God's not like, oh, I, I didn't know they, they needed that. <laughs> Good thing you prayed about it. He's not unaware, but what it creates is a relationship. A, uh, an Ebenezer is what the Old Testament calls it, a, 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 a point where we can say, I prayed and God blessed me. I asked and God gave. But here's here's the truth, the thing that, that's so crazy that 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 we don't recognize enough is that God is co- is constantly blessing us every single day. He is enlarging our territory every single day. He's blessing us. He is on the move and working in our lives. And yet because we assume or because we take credit, we take the credit for the, the difference, those things that are happening. Oh, it's because I'm so smart and talented and brave and or whatever. It's because I, I work so hard. And and so we lose that rhythm when we say, God, this morning I just wanna I wanna recognize that tomorrow, God, I want you to, to bless me and enlarge my territory. And then and then here's what happens. When we begin to look for the blessings of God. When we, begin, when we begin to see the ways that God blesses us, we focus less on the worry of our lives and more on the blessings in our lives. See, we have, we, 
when we assume that we're the only ones making things happen and are in control of our lives, then we begin to worry because we are not capable. We are not all powerful. We can't just make things happen. We, we have to, um, we have to be very careful in how we do things and, and, and make sure that things are going to happen. But when we stop being the, the person that's making everything happen in our lives, and start seeing the way God blesses us, we begin to see blessings and we begin to, to worry less. We begin to see how God is moving. And, and, then, and then what happens when we develop this reality where we see God always working and moving and, and that we're truly dependent upon him, we learn how to trust him. And, and not just in the biggest ways, but in the smallest ways. One of, one of my friends, um, that uh, Jim, who comes on here sometimes, he runs a challenge course um, at a camp. And one of, the th- one of the things he talks about is um, how all of us have different levels of um, challenging ourselves and trusting um, on the challenge course. And he talks about how for, for someone in his life, um, stepping, just, just stepping up onto the bridge that leads out to the challenge course where there's no chance of falling. There's no fear really involved for most people. It's actually a big step because it's, it's that first step of building trust. And, and the more they do that, then they can move on to the next step. And, and that's, that's what happens with us and God is that, that when we begin to see the, the multitude of blessings that he brings to us in our lives day in, day out, minute in, minute out, hour in, hour out, that we begin to trust him in the smallest of things and see the blessings in the smallest of things, that then we can trust him in the biggest of things. And when we trust him in those things that are far beyond our control, we begin to learn how to not worry about those things. Because we trusted him, we've seen him do the smallest things. And we know he is trustworthy. We've seen how he's blessed us. We know that he's good and he's going to bless us. Then we begin to not worry about the big picture things. Because we've trusted him because we've seen him. It's when we lose sight of what God is constantly doing in our lives, day after day, moment after moment, minute after minute, that we begin to worry and we begin to think about how we need to be taking control and doing and being busy and planning. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing some of those things, but it's it's doing those things with the understanding that God is the one who gives and takes away. He's the one who blesses. He's the one that makes ultimately make things happen. And so we want to work in concert with what he's doing. And when we're working in concert with him, when we're working in connection and cooperation with him, because we've learned to trust him in the littlest of things, then we do trust him in the biggest of things. And if the biggest of things don't work out the way we think they will, we learn that we trust him in that too. Um, and, and, and that alleviates a huge level of responsibility, which also alleviates a huge level of worry. Because, we, we, because God is at work. And, and our job is just to join in that work with him. Like our job is just to, is to see where God is moving and go be a part of that is to ask God, God, show me tomorrow, today, this next moment where you're moving in my life so I can go be a part of that. 
that was what was great about the prayer of Jabez. It wasn't that you could say magical words and God would would um, automatically do what you wanted him to do. It was that God was already doing those things, is already doing those things, is fully blessing us and doing things and moving behind the scenes but without us even without us even having to ask for it without us having to have to look for it he he's, he's already doing it and so what it hap- what happened is is that people began to pray and began to watch and in here i think and that's where i think the disconnect is is that we pray a lot but but we fail to watch we pray a lot we ask for the big things, but we fail to see where God has helped us in the smallest of things. And, and that kind of leans into the second part. I said there was two things. Huh, I'm not going to lose my tra- train of thought. Sometimes I do. Rabbit trail away and never get back to that. The second thing, though, is this. It's practicing gratitude. It's practicing thanksgiving. One of the things that drives away worry is being thankful in every circumstance. Because when we adopt the attitude of thankfulness, we begin to see not so much what we think we want or even what we think we need, but we begin to see the bountifulness of what we have. When we begin to live in an attitude, a, a, a true gratitude-facing life that, that, that puts thankfulness into every moment, into every part of it, into everything that we have, big and small, when we begin to do that, then we realize how little we actually are doing and how much God is doing. When we begin to be thankful and have gratitude when we begin to, to be thankful for for even just saying to tomorrow just starting with this god thank you for breath god i breathe in and breathe out and i'm thankful for that because god you give me that you allow me you you created this this immense massive system that allows me to breathe oxygen and, and you give me a world that I can do that in and and God without that I wouldn't even I wouldn't have breath I wouldn't be alive I'm so grateful that my heart's still beating this morning so grateful I have a place to live and a place to serve and a family to do it with and and or just just that I have life and got another chance to serve you today and when we begin to focus more on that which we're thankful for, our eyes begin to look, instead of the, for the more, the things that we, that we lack, and we begin to, to see the abundance that we have. And, and when we do that, we begin to, to rejoice and know that we are well loved and well taken care of. And realize that worry won't add anything, can't add anything other than added stress and anxiety to our lives. So there, there's the key, I think. It's, it's the twofold. It's to look and see every little thing that God does and, and then be grateful for those things and to have that attitude of thanksgiving. Paul says that. He says, in everything, 
Be thankful in everything. Be grateful. Live a life filled with thanksgiving. Prayer, that, that, that communication, at least a big portion of that is just recognizing what God has done, is doing, will do, and then offering praise and thanksgiving for that. Because we, we don't deserve anything. And I think that's the big lie that worry tells us. You deserve more. You need more. You have to have more. You're missing out. God's keeping something from you. You're not doing enough. You're not enough. And we think about those things and we worry about those things and we wonder about those things and we and we and we we go through a cycle. So my prayer for you, if you're listening and you worry a lot, or you're like, yeah, I don't know how to get away from worrying, is this is this. First thing, pray the prayer of Jabez. Not as a prayer of shamanistic of like, oh yeah, I'm going to get everything. But as a reminder of what? Every day God's blessing you. And then see those ways that he blesses you. Look for them. Every day God's at work. Find the ways that God's moving and working around you and praise him for that. And then, and then have a spirit of, of gratitude. God, we thank you for breath, for life. My heart's still beating today. The electricity turned on today. The car started today. God, I am. I made it to work. I'm loved. I'm appreciated. I, I, I have heat. I'm not going to freeze to death. Find that those ways to find gratitude and thanksgiving. Whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, the secret of contentment is this, that, that, that relationship with God is enough. Is enough. And we can be content in that. And that's where Thanksgiving comes in. When we turned our hearts from what we think we want or need to being grateful for what we have and, and who we have, that relationship with Jesus, then that turns, us our, turns our eyes away from seeking the future things we th think we want or need and the worry that that can bring. And it brings us back to, <coughs> to the one who provides for us, to the one who cares for us, who has cared for us, who will continue to care for us, who is caring for us even now. The God who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jesus. And even now, he blesses you. He watches over you. And he and he and he's doing that constantly. And and we've made a bad habit of not seeing or looking for those things and then not being thankful for them. May we change that about our lives. May we may we change that about who we are and change that about how we relate to who God is. My prayer for you is that you will find the ways and see the ways that God is moving and that you will find gratefulness and thankfulness for that because that will move you beyond worry and into a place of contentment, as Paul talks about. It's a challenge this week, right? May I find the ways and see the ways God's moving 
and blessing me and enlarging my territory. And may I find the ways, the ways that I can be thankful for them. God, we thank you that you are moving and at work even now, even when we don't ask, even in the smallest of ways when we don't even recognize you in that. God, thank you for moving. You guys, thank you for listening. Hopefully you find some blessing and encouragement in that. Again, reach out if you have further questions or if you have other things you want to hear me talk about. 